Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest teaches us about representing Jesus. Amen. The slide says the name of Jesus, and we are going to talk about the name of Jesus a lot. But what I really have titled this message is representing Jesus. And you'll see as we go along what that has to do with the name of Jesus. I want to talk to you this morning about what it means when you do something in the name of Jesus. I think there's a fundamental paradigm shift that has to happen among true believers when it comes to the name of Jesus, regardless of what you might be doing for him in that name. Otherwise, if we're not careful, the name of Jesus becomes formulaic and cliched and can lose its power and its meaning when it's applied to specific situations. I was reading in Mark chapter 16 one day, a familiar passage to many of us, when Jesus was given his final instructions to his followers. Oftentimes, we call it the Great Commission. As I read through verse 15 through 20, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, what does it mean in my name or in the name of Jesus? What does that really mean? What does that phrase really mean? So I want to begin with those verses and see if we can answer that question that the Holy Spirit posed to me that day. Amen. So let's start with Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20. In the King James Version. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I submit to you this morning that when you go anywhere or do anything in the name of Jesus, you are representing Jesus and you are representing his kingdom. Amen. We're all familiar with what the cops used to say when they knocked on the bad guy's door. Open up in the name of the law. Well, what do they mean when they say open up in the name of the law? Well, what they mean is we have been duly constituted and authorized to represent the law for the state of North Carolina, for the county of New Hanover, for the federal government, whatever the case may be. It's the same way when you use the name of Jesus. You've been duly constituted and authorized to use the name of Jesus. Thus, you represent Jesus and his kingdom when you do. Amen. Now, this is supported by many other scriptures, but there are a few here that I think are especially significant. I want to share with you in John chapter 17, verse 18. Jesus was praying for his disciples and for the believers that would come to know him because of the gospel that they would preach. Amen. John seventeen eighteen in the King James Version. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. So he was talking about his followers that were alive at the time of his ministry. 
And he was aware of the fact that one day they would take the gospel to the world and the world would be saved through their word or through their gospel. Amen. So when Jesus was praying there in John chapter 17, he was not only praying for the believers that are alive at that time. He was praying for you and me, too. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Did you hear what he said in verse 18? Let me read it to you again, because it, it's really a mind blower. As thou hast sent me into the world, that's Jesus talking to the Father, even so have I also sent them into the world. So as the Father sent Jesus into the world, Jesus has sent us into the world. Did you know you were sent by Jesus into the world when you got saved? He commissioned you. He authorized you to go out and preach the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. We are authorized to represent Jesus and his kingdom. The Father sent Jesus and Jesus sent us. So I really am going to hammer home the point that when you do something in the name of Jesus, whether it's authoritative, where you're applying his authority to a situation, or whether you just do something benevolent in the name of Jesus, either way, you are representing Jesus. You are representing the kingdom of God. Amen. Glory to God. So when I hear the name of Jesus now, after the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation, I think about the fact that I am representing Jesus when I use the name of Jesus or I come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.20 in the voice, and it makes it real clear. Once again, John 17, 18, Jesus said, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 20 in the voice says, so we are now representatives of the anointed one, the liberating king. God has given us a charge to carry through our lives, urging all people on behalf of the anointed to become reconciled to the creator God. I want to read it in the English Standard Version. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Amen. So what does an ambassador do? An ambassador is sent by his country and represents his country to the nations and to the world. Amen. In the same way, wherever we go and whatever we do in the name of Jesus, we do so sent by him and representing him. Amen. It's just not an idle phrase. It's just not a formula you use. Say these words and thus and such will happen. It means you're authorized to use the name of Jesus. It also means you come in the name of Jesus representing him. See, I think we got a good handle on what it means to use the name of Jesus authoritatively. But I don't think we think about the fact that when we do anything or go anywhere in the name of Jesus, we go representing him. I think if we got that paradigm, we'd be a whole lot more confident going out there and sharing the gospel with the world. If you know that God has empowered you and sent you, you'll be a whole lot more confident because you will know that he is with you everywhere you go. Amen. So let's apply the new paradigm that I'm speaking of to Mark 16, 15 through 20. I'm going to reread it with all of this in mind 
and see if we can broaden our paradigm of what it means to use the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 15 through 20 again in the King James Version. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, as my ambassador, as my representative, shall they cast out devils. As my ambassador, as my representative, they shall speak with new tongues. As my ambassador, as my representative, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, as my ambassador, as my representative, it shall not hurt them. As my ambassador, as my representative, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you see the difference in the paradigm? You are representing Jesus and he is with you when you do. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. The Lord worked with the believers and their word was confirmed with signs and wonders because they came in the name of Jesus, because they came representing him, representing the kingdom of God. Amen. Glory to God. So, as I said, I believe if you'll apply this paradigm to using the name of Jesus, it'll become less formulaic and increase our awareness that whether we use that name specifically or just come in the name, we're aware that we are representing Jesus in all that we do. Everything we do. Amen. And if you really believe you're sent by Jesus and you represent him, it's a whole lot easier to carry out the command found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 through 9. Listen to this. This is what he said to the 12 when he sent them out two by two. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, they're representing Jesus. They're representing the kingdom. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. Now, I'm not advocating that we should abandon using the name of Jesus. But notice here that it is not specifically mentioned by Jesus when he sent out the twelve two by two to represent him. Amen? Okay, let's turn to an example in the book of Acts where the name of Jesus was used prominently by Peter and John. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 8 in the King James Version. Everybody's familiar with this. Most of us are. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, But such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. 
And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, some of you old charismatics know this song. He went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Clap, clap. I sang that in the 70s when I got saved and filled with the spirit at the coffee house. Amen. Hallelujah. I won't charge anything extra for that. Hallelujah. It brings happy to my heart. Hallelujah. So it's fairly obvious in this example that Peter and John used the name of Jesus specifically when they healed the lame man at the beautiful gate. But I want you to put your thinking caps on. Stay with me here. I believe that in this case, they could be fairly certain that the lame man and the crowds that were entering the beautiful gate were not aware that the power of Jesus Christ was residing on the inside of them. They were not aware of that. So to be sure that everyone knew who was responsible for this great miracle, they used the name of Jesus and they used it in a place that was frequented by non-believing Jews. They used the name of Jesus to make sure everybody knew who performed this miracle. And later on in the passage, they specifically mentioned to the crowds that gathered that it was the name of Jesus and faith in that name that caused the lame man to walk again. Amen. So I am in no way minimizing the use of the name of Jesus. I'm simply trying to get you to see that it's equally important that believers understand what it means when you use the name of Jesus. You have to become aware that when you use that name, you are representing Jesus. You are representing his kingdom. Amen. And when you realize you're representing Jesus, you become more confident that the Lord is working with you and signs and wonders will follow you when you preach the word, when you preach the gospel. They will follow you to confirm the truth of the word that you preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at an example just six chapters later in the book of Acts where a miracle was performed without using the name of Jesus specifically acts chapter 9 verse 35 to 42 in the new king james version at joppa there was a certain disciple named tabitha which is translated dorcas this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she did but it happened in those days that she became sick and died when they had washed her they laid her in an upper room And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Amen. Little side note, but what's the purpose of miracles? So people will believe in the Lord. So people will know that God loves them. 
and he's going to do everything in his power to help them heal their body, heal their mind, heal their marriage, turn their life around. That's what miracles are for, to draw people to Jesus. But evidently, in this example, Peter was summoned to a body of believers that most certainly knew that Peter represented Jesus, or they would not have sent for him in the first place. So get the picture. The same man who used the name of Jesus so prominently in healing the lame man at the beautiful gate, just six chapters later, simply said in this case, Tabitha, arise. You see, he knew that the name of Jesus was not a formula. He knew that he was representing Jesus and the power of God, the power of Jesus resided in him. And he just said, Tabitha, arise. Amen. Once again, I'm not minimizing the use of the name of Jesus. There are times when you are safe to use the name of Jesus, especially when you encounter demon spirits. You've got to use the name of Jesus to enforce your authority. I understand that. Okay. I just believe that if you know what it means when you use the name of Jesus, that you're representing him, you'll be more confident and more effective when you minister on behalf of the Lord, whether you use it in a formula or not, you are representing him. He came to raise Tabitha in the name of Jesus, representing Jesus, representing the kingdom, even though he did not use the specific phrase, Tabitha arise in the name of Jesus. And yet she still arose because everybody around knew Peter was full of the power of Jesus. That's why they sent for him. Is everybody following me? Okay. I'm not knocking using the name of Jesus. I'm just saying know what you're doing when you use the name of Jesus. Amen. And there will be occasions as you minister where it's not necessary to invoke the name of Jesus specifically. I remember uh, I was preaching in the prisons. This has been about, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago. Uh, Fort Wade Correctional Institute in uh, Keithville, Louisiana, back when we were still living in Louisiana. There was a man that came forth in the healing line after I preached. There was about 10 people that I laid hands on. I got to this guy. I was running out of time. I didn't have a whole lot of time. And in the prisons, when it came time for the service to be over, if within five minutes you weren't wrapping it up, the, the guards would start flicking the lights on you. Okay, So it's getting close to the flicking the lights time, and i got to get my hand on all of these brothers. So I put my hand on this this man, and uh, I said, what's going on? He said, I've, I've got uh, diabetes. I said, type 1 or type 2? He said, type 1. He said, uh, I'm on insulin, and it just sort of come on me, you know, all of a sudden. So I just put my hand on him, and I said, from this day forward, your blood sugar level will be normal. And then just left, went to the next guy. I just said, be normal. And uh, I guess it was about two weeks later, we went back to minister, and he was in our meeting, and he came up, and he said, the day after you prayed for me, I had a reaction to the insulin <laughs> because his blood sugar was under control. And uh, so they took him off insulin. And the, so every week that he would come to the meeting, he'd say, it's day seven, you know, it's day 12, you know, it's day. And we got up to day 285 and my blood sugar is still normal. And then he said, you know, I got the flu. So they just wanted to be on the safe side. So they gave me some insulin just in case. But all I did was say, 
I command your blood sugar to be normal. Listen, again, I say using the name of Jesus is safe and I wouldn't shy away from it. But there may be occasions where you just have so many people to pray for. Say, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. Everybody knows you're representing Jesus. Everybody knows you're giving the glory to him. Amen. Everybody knows that it's not your power. It's the power of Jesus in you. Do you see what I'm talking about? Otherwise, it just becomes a formula and you put your faith in the formula. Not in the power of God to move and operate through you. I hope I'm getting through to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's a good segue into applying this paradigm in a much broader sense. Let's apply the name of Jesus and representing him in areas which do not involve signs, wonders, miracles, and healing but in areas which nevertheless demonstrate the love of God to a lost and dying world. Let's apply the paradigm to compassion for the poor and the needy. Mark chapter 9, 41, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Here Jesus makes the point that even if you just offer a cup of water to a fellow believer in his name, representing him, it will be rewarded. Surely the same can be said for those who extend kindness of any kind in the name of Jesus to the poor and to the needy, whether they are Christians or not. They shall be rewarded because they do these things in his name, representing him and representing the kingdom of God. Does everybody see that? Amen. Okay, let's wrap this up with the following scripture. Colossians 3.17 in the New King James Version. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So really, whatever you do in word or deed, in your circle of influence, whether miraculous or not, should be done in the name of Jesus, representing him and representing his kingdom. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's teaching on Representing Jesus. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, Come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, 10.30 for worship and service, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for spirit-filled prayer. If you would like to learn more about us, access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, and find Dr. Forrest's in-depth teaching notes, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. <music>